0: All right, Laura I start with the same question every time then I promise you I stop being boring after that but it's not really a boring question I'm curious what's your franchise story how do you even get connected into the franchise industry what's uh, what's that story look like for you
1: yeah well I've always been involved with marketing and marketing uh, communication technologies and um you know, I happen to work with a very bright, um, you know, guy who has a number of patents and um, came out of the franchise world. I mean, he and his wife had, were multi-unit um, franchisee owners, and um, I met him at a software company where his wife was managing the franchisee you know, side of it she was running those operations, but he was sort of helping her on the side. And, um, you know, in the meantime, he was seeing technologies that could really help um, in that kind of franchisee environment, help them, you know, get their customers back all the time, help them communicate more effectively, um, be able to help grow their business. And so he talked to me about joining him on creating this new venture. So that's how I got started. And and it's telecom related as well, right? Texting, so.
0: I'm curious, so you, you take the, take this role. He had, him and his wife have the background. Mm-hmm. How do you start educating yourself on franchising? Because it, it it is, it's simple, but it's complex at the same time.
1: Right, well, I've now been doing it for about seven years. So, you know, I f- went to IFA shows and attended a lot of the sessions, um, got to know, you know, some of the operations people, some of the marketing people, um, you know, what were their concerns, how do they, you know, support their franchisees you know understanding the tension between the franchisee and the franchise or good dynamic to understand um understand the friend development you know piece of it so it's just kind of come over time and just having had a chance to talk to lots of customers on sort of both the franchisor side of it and the franchisee side of it and the majority of our customers are franchisees so um you know, a lot of them have come to us through the franchisors promoting us um, or buying it potentially on their behalf. But we, uh, you know, I would say, you know, 80% of our business is all in the franchise space.
0: So, I mean, I, I can go back to my my first IFA and I, I fell in love with franchising for one main reason. And that was because I was very um, curious about the psyche of a franchise owner who was willing to invest their life savings into a business they had no control over. Uh, But they had to have accomplished something because you still have to come to the table with some form of wealth. Um, Sometimes that, that comes from relationship building to help fund your business. But I fell in love with it because I thought we could impact them in even the slightest way through marketing or PR or content or storytelling. For you, I would imagine there's there's a lot of similarities in that because now you're realizing the problem that you solve. Um, so if you had to describe the problem that you solve for a franchisee, what is it?
1: Yeah, it's really helping them. In many ways, we are replacing what email has done for years, right? Because people have shifted from being on their computers to being on their phones. <laughs> so it's all about helping the the franchisee and or the franchisor get leads, nurture those leads through a communication channel that you know people respond to more quickly and more more conveniently, and helping them really drive business through this whole new marketing channel. Whether it's just servicing their customers and being able to save staff time, because um, I'm sure you and all of us get, you know, delivery, you know, information, we get confirmation of, you know, this order or that. Um, We get estimates sometimes this way. And of course, the other piece of this is marketing promotions. Um, You know, people respond 45% time more, uh, you get a higher 45% higher response rate in text versus um, email, which is typically about 6%. So that level of engagement completely changes when you put the phone in the middle and you start using texting to be able to do maybe the same things you used to do with email, but email gets lost. You know, 90% now of email is considered by most consumers as spam, which is kind of sad, but that's just the state of the, you know, the technology.
0: Well, but I think through text messaging, even, even in a full sense, not even on, on the business side, the reality is it it's an offer. There's some some offering that happens through text message. If I if I text you and say what are you doing this weekend? I'm in, I'm curious about what your activities are or how are you doing or sure. did you see this video? So no matter what it, it it's built as a communication tool. And email was too. It probably got over oversaturated with spam, which changed the way that it behaved. Um, and even even you can go one step backwards and go to traditional snail mail where it was the same thing. It's how we communicate until it got, the mailbox got flooded with too much spam.
1: Correct. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so text messaging still seems to be a world where spam is somewhat protected. But if I take the insight of it, there's a, there, it has to be a conversation that's offering me something that would inspire me to respond. When you're coaching a franchisee or a franchisor how to set up this model, how important is it to offer something in exchange for the conversation or the action that's going to happen from the buyer
1: well i think it depends on what stage you're at in the customer journey and we think about texting as being able to play a role in lots of different stages so in the very beginning it's definitely important to offer make some sort of offer so they will opt in because of course the the tcpa requirements are much stricter for texting than they were for you know email, for example. So you really do have to opt in, which is why it's so trusted. And you'll notice probably on television ads, and even on trucks, you know, text the word bargain (laughs) to this particular phone number um, in order to get our special text only offers. So that is a great way to kind of start a relationship and get new leads in the door. But then after that, they have opted in and they want to get relevant information. And so a lot of people will use it to you know schedule appointments right um appointment reminders get people to fill out intake forms ahead of time so all of that is relevant to whatever the service you're providing to that particular customer and then of course the value of getting these people opted in is you want to service them you want to give them an opportunity to leave you a great review doing that through text really remarkably changes you know the amount of reviews people get and now they're sort of getting used to the idea of communicating with you via text so sending a promotion you know, is welcome, and they can always opt out. But the op- our clients, for example, see an opt out rate of less than 1%. So again, it's all about being relevant, we coach them for that. And we also try to make sure that they don't overuse the channel, because you get such good response rates that people start thinking, ah, maybe I should send one every day. <laughs> that is not you know, we coach them on that. And we really help them understand, you know, where to pull those triggers.
0: I don't want to use the term AI, but I'm almost forced to in this scenario, because I I think automation or the the aspect of AI AI is such like a broad term that we use just to describe anything that makes life easier today. But the automation side, like the reality is there is going to be elements of technology that can basically read what is the reaction of the end user, whether they, they've seen seen that text message, they responded to that text message, or probably if, I, if, I, if I'm placing bets on it, even the movement that happened beyond that text message that force your body physically into a store beyond it, that AI will be able to say, yes, Nick got this text message. Yes, Nick just walked in the store. Now this is our opportunity to market to Nick, therefore automation takes over. When I say things like that on where some of this communication can go, How, how top of mind is that for your guys' business? And how much is that a part of your discussion as a leadership team?
1: Um, well, it's definitely part of a discussion, and we have actually we were kind of using AI, you know, before it was cool. <laughs> we we've been using sentiment analysis for quite a while, um, particularly to protect franchisors and franchisees. Where when somebody doesn't say the normal word like stop, right, they might say something like, "I had a bad experience with your company the last time." You know, that's they want to opt out, right? You want that? You don't want to keep sending them text messages in that situation, but you want to be at least able to flag those kinds of, you know, incoming messages. So we've been doing that for a number of years, it's part of a patent that we have. But we're also looking at ways that, um, you know, it can, when you send something, maybe it's a holiday greeting and somebody says, oh, thanks so much for thinking of me. You don't wanna have any kind of automated response go. You wanna, you know, use some intelligence about what's the right kind of response to send in each of those situations. So we are looking at rolling out those kinds of things to help people um, with the automation piece.
0: I would imagine that when a franchisee or a franchisor inquires, the sale is not overly challenging because they understand why they're filling out the form to talk to you. Um, But when they enter the funnel or if you're talking to someone proactively, what are some of the hurdles that someone would have to get over to even say yes to you?
1: Well, I think, again, it depends on whether it's the franchisor or the franchisee. But the franchisor has to think about, well, how will they roll this out to their franchisees? You know, is how can they make sure that adoption is taken up? And um, so, those are some of the things that we have to help them kind of think about. You know, what's the right way to structure this so that it fits within the budget of the franchisee, or does it come out of the marketing fund or maybe the technology fund? You know, those are some of the things we have to think through. And then we also have to help them just prioritize, you know, what is it that they're trying to do? Is it all about, you know, generating leads for the franchisee? Or is it making sure that people show up at appointments, um, you know, because they're having a high no-show rate, or you know, maybe it's about increasing um, reviews so that their SEO rankings at the franchisee level can improve. So we've seen all those kinds of things, and we just try to. There's so many ways, you know, that texting can play a part in any customer journey. It's all about honing in on what are the parts of the journey that are most important to them, and then the other piece I would say. Um, Nick, is that one of the things that's different about us is that we have a whole series of tools specifically for franchisors because we came out of the franchise or, or model. And so all we have a lot of controls to help people make sure that the templates being created are brand you know appropriate. Um, we can identify we can um, control the cadence of messages that go out so people are not bombarding, you know, customers um, and hurting the brand. We can, um, you know, provide different kinds of um, controls to help them do marketing campaigns on a monthly basis for example um, using a pool of credits there's a lot of different controls that we've built in to make sure that they're compliant and that they can manage the the programs that their franchisees are doing and making sure that they're appropriate love it so laura for
0: someone that's on the outside they've watched this video up to this point they're obviously intrigued what do you want them to know about the business anything else that you want them to know about the business to push them over the edge to reach out to
1: you Yeah, I think the main thing is we've got a lot of experience with with other franchisors and franchisees. So we've seen all different kinds of business models and, um, you know, we can share those experiences with them and share the results that people have had. And it's it really is remarkable when you start, um, you know, thinking about texting as adding another channel to that marketing mix, because the more channels you have, the more business you're going to be getting from from customers because they can opt to do whatever way, you know, they. Want to do business with you so i think um just understanding our heritage and our, our understanding of this world um is a good reason to reach out to us you know I would imagine as
0: the the more your community grows the more intel that you gain because you're able to see the behaviors across various different industries within franchising and, and therefore absolutely. as, as yeah. a part of a community you get access to that too so yeah. well Yeah, this is an awesome conversation. Really appreciate it. Uh, Obviously, I have your website up on the screen if anybody wants to learn more. Uh, But thanks for doing this. This is another episode of Meet the Supplier for Laura. I'm Nick. Take care, everybody. See you. Thank you. (laughs)